Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you will be encouraged and it builds your faith. Thanks for listening. If you have your copy of God's Word, uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, and uh, I want to talk this morning, I want to preach a little bit this morning, and, and forgive me, but this message this morning is really kind of geared for this house. Uh, so if you don't normally attend here, there will be some principles in this message that will help you, but uh, I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge our church this morning, and, uh, and I want to share something that's on my heart. You may have seen this, this array of what, I, what we have up here. That is actually a garment that is a, actually to be a mantle, and, uh, but I want to talk this morning about picking up your mantle, picking up your mantle. First Kings chapter 19 and beginning in verse 19, the Bible said, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of of Sahat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again, For what have I done to you? And Elisha turned back from him and took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people. And they ate. And he arose and followed Elisha and came and became his servant. I want to talk this morning about picking up your mantle. It's interesting, the word mantle, the Old Testament Hebrew word, it really means a cloak or a nobleman's cloak or cloaks that princes would wear. And, um, and so a mantle represents, it represents the physical and symbolic representation of God's assignment, his anointing, and his authority on our life. That's what the mantle represents. It represents, though, in the New Testament, the vicarious atoning work of Jesus Christ. When we get saved, we are clothed in righteousness, the scripture says. We are given a mantle. And and our mantle is not a physical piece of cloth. Our mantle is the convergence of God's purpose, passion, and promise as we thrive in his presence we have a mantle. I'll say that again. Our mantle, is, our mantle is not a physical piece of cloth. Our mantle is the convergence of God's purpose, his passion, and promise. As we thrive in his presence, we have a mantle. And as I said, the mantle was not just a piece of cloth. A, a mantle had, the mantle that was thrown upon Elisha The mantle of Elijah was not just a piece of cloth, though it was physically a piece of cloth. We know in the Old Testament that we have the picture of that which is in the natural that we translate into the New Testament to be spiritual. Elijah comes by and he throws his mantle upon Elisha. Now many scholars have talked about the reason why. But when you think about that mantle of Elisha, 
that that was a mantle that had a testimony. It was a mantle um, that represented when it fell upon Elisha, that mantle represented three things in Elijah's life. It, It survived a drought, it survived fire, and it received the rain. In other words, that mantle represented drought, fire, and the rain. It's what Elisha had walked through. That mantle that he had thrown upon him had survived the drought, the fire, and the rain. And so, what was he to do with that mantle? What are we going to do with that mantle? The day before, he's plowing. He's pushing the plow. And now, that mantle represents the survival of Elisha's walking through the doubt, through the fire, and through thriving in the rain. In 1 Kings 18, he had this mantle. And if you remember, Elijah was the one that called and prayer and called a drought. Elisha was the one that called fire down from heaven on the altar. And it was Elisha who had shut up the clouds, but when he prayed, abundant rain had come. When we look at this, we see a discipleship principle that's here of the drought, the fire, and the rain. As believers, we all go through, metaphorically or spiritually, we all go through droughts in our lives, spiritual droughts at times. There are times when we walk through the fire of life, the intensity of life sometimes is a fire that molds us and makes us as believers. But we've also all enjoyed the rain of his presence when he's opened the heavens on our life. See, the drought is when nothing is growing in your life. When the spiritual ground is hard and you've been through a relational or spiritual or financial drought in your life. Droughts will come. Sometimes you feel spiritually that you're dry or you feel spiritually that you, uh, it seems like you, you can't hear the word of God. It's just not, it's, it's as a drought is happening. God takes us through those droughts. And if we're gonna pick up the mantle of our purpose and our passion and pick up the mantle and carry it, sometimes there are droughts that we have to go through because we have to learn to trust God even in the dry seasons of our life. Even when it feels like the heavens are shut up and it doesn't feel like God's working or he's moving at that moment in our life. But when we carry the mantle of God, when we carry the mantle of our purpose and our passion and the promise of God, sometimes there are dry seasons that we've got to hang in there and trust God even when we don't feel him, even when we don't feel that he's close or we don't even know what he's doing in our lives. Is there anybody here that's been through a drought or a dry season in your life? Maybe you're here this morning and you've walked through a dry season, a drought season. What we have to do is we have to continue to uh, 
plow the fallow ground of our life. We can't let our ground spiritually get hard where seed can't germinate or where God's principles can't germinate in our life. We have to tear that fallow ground up, constantly tilling it, preparing it for when God does rain or when God does show up that our soil is ready to receive from God. But that mantle that flew upon Elisha was a mantle that had been through a drought with Elisha. He understood the drought. He called and prayed and told Ahab, he said, the heavens are going to shut up. There will not be rain for three years. Now that's a drought. All the waterways dry up. And during that drought, after he prophesied that, Where did Elijah go? The Bible said he went and laid by the brook and God took care of him by the brook. He had ravens that that fed him and took care of him. He drank the water of the brook. How many know in dry seasons, God always has a way of provision in your life? I don't know about you, but I've had dry seasons in my life where I've had to depend on the raven to take care of me. Only God's hand could have provided and could have been the beneficiary or would have brought into my life. And sometimes, then God did what? He dried the brook up on Elijah. That mantle represented drought. That mantle also represented the fire of God. If you've been been through droughts, it's, it's interesting because what we see is this discipleship principle. You don't just go from the drought to the rain all of a sudden. Sometimes you have to walk through a time when the fire of God prunes your life. When the fire of God comes and begins to purge your life so that he can remove and, and, and consume he can, bring, he can slim down areas of your life. Theologically, we call that sanctification. It's a period that God will use trials or he'll use circumstances in your life to prune you or to bring you through seasons of purging or seasons where he changes our attitudes, our, our constructs, our language, our, our, our habits, our relationships that are counterproductive in our life. God will use the fire in our life. He'll use the fire to purge us. The scripture talks about it in the book of Malachi chapter three. The Bible says he sets like a refiner who's refining silver and refining gold. How many know God is a refiner this morning? And to pick up the mantle of your purpose and passion, you have to understand that not only will there be dry seasons, but there has to be a time when God purifies your life before he moves you forward into the purpose that he has for you. And sometimes the fire has to work on us and in us and through us. It's not a happy season. On Monday nights in our Bible study, we've been talking about how God purifies the impurities in our life. 
And what happens is what makes gold impure is that other materials get, in the, get into the gold, copper, iron, whatever is in there. And, and, and what it mixes it, and what happens is when there's too much of other materials in the gold, then the gold becomes hard and unpliable. It's not, it doesn't, it, it's not useful. It becomes unuseful. So what the refiner does is he does something that's, that's interesting. He will take the gold and he will grind the gold down into a powder. How many of you feel sometimes when you're going through it, you're being grinded down? You ever feel the grinding of the Holy Spirit on your life? You feel like your life's being grounded and grinded on and grinded on and grinded on, and you say to God, God, I don't know if there's much left of me. How much more are you going to take off? And he grinds it down into a powder. And then what he does is he takes a, a, a chemical called flux, and he puts it in the, he grinds it down and puts it into the grinded gold, and then they put it in the furnace. And when that gold begins to melt, that flux, what it does, it's, it draws out all of those, those materials that are not pure, those impurities. And it rises to the top, and the heaviness of the gold goes to the bottom. But the dross lays on top so that the refiner can pull off the dross so that the gold can be more purified. That flux acts like the Holy Spirit in our life. When the fire and the furnace gets turned up in our life, the Holy Spirit will begin to pull those impurities to the tops of our lives. Am I the only one that's ever been through this? <laughs> but understanding to carry the mantle, you have to understand that before God can release us into his purpose for our life, we have to understand that we have to be willing to walk through the fire so that God brings us out on the other side much better than we were before. There's a song I've been listening to the last couple of days. Y'all y'all probably don't know it, but it's a praise song that I hear uh, on television occasionally. This lady sings it. I'm going to try to get Adam to sing it if he will. But it's, it's called Come Out Praising. And, 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 the, and the, I'm not going to sing it for you. But, <laughs> but in the song, she sings it like this. She said, I went in broke and came out wealthy. I went, came, I went in sick and came out healthy. Huh? I went in confused and came out with my right mind. I went in silent and came out praising. See, that's what the fire of God will do. And the fire of God will build those, take those, those impurities out of us. And here's something interesting. When gold is purified, did you realize that gold is transparent? Gold becomes transparent when it's, when it's at its purest form. It's somewhat transparent. I thought to myself, that's exactly what God does. 
He purifies our life through the fire of our life to purify us so that others don't see us, but they see the Jesus that is in us. How many want, how many want people to see the Jesus that's in you instead of seeing you? But to pick up your mantle this morning, to pick up the mantle is not only to pick it up and walk and trust God through dry seasons, but to allow God to do his work with fire and seasons where the fire of God purifies your life. I believe the scripture in Isaiah talks about where he separates the precious from the vile. The precious from the vile. In you, God has put treasure inside of you. In you, he's put his promise, his purpose in you. Inside of you and I, he has put our, 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 our passion. And what happens is that fire will pull that passion and will pull that treasure out and separate it from whatever is vile in our life. I thank God for the fire of God. I thank God for walking through the fire. Because I got good news for you. If you've been through the drought this morning, if you have walked through the fire of your life, I can guarantee you the rain is going to begin to rain down on your life once you come through on the other side. Let it rain. Let it rain. Amen? And to carry the mantle of God, we must understand that we're not only uh, carrying a mantle that's been through the drought, not only are we carrying a mantle that's been through the fire, but it's a mantle of abundant rain. I love what Ezekiel 34, 26 says, I will make them a places all around about and make my hill a blessing. And I will cause showers to come down on the, in their season and there shall be the showers of blessing. Hallelujah. If you're ready for abundant rain in your life, say amen. amen. And as we go through, see, this mantle embodies the notion that we just don't survive, but we thrive in the midst of them. See, it's not just the fact that we survive a drought or we survive through the fire. This mantle in Elijah's life was a picture of him thriving in the drought and thriving through the pyre. It was a picture of him thriving. It was to carry the mantle, to carry God's purpose, passion, and promise in your life, which is the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Though you're going through a drought and fire, listen, you know what I thought was interesting as I was reading this week? I was reading through the book of Daniel. And uh, what happens sometimes when you're going when you're going through a fire in your life, when you're going through drought or difficulty or trial, and God is working on you, isn't it amazing to somehow others see God working in your life, but you don't see it? You know, the Bible never tells us that the three Hebrew children saw the fourth man in the fire. They never recognized the fourth man in the fire. Who recognized the fourth man in the fire? I'll tell you who recognized it. The king recognized it. The enemies of God recognized it. And I want to tell you, sometimes you don't see God working in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your fire. Sometimes you don't see God's hand in the midst of it. But let me tell you this, hell sees it. Hell sees God's hand on your life. Hell sees 
Him in the midst of your life, and when you feel like you've had all you can't take anymore, there is a hedge of God's protection that is around you, and every devil in hell knows God is working on your behalf. The fact that hell sees God in the midst of what you're going through and anything that puts you in the midst of that, the fact that you're carrying the mantle of God, carrying that mantle is what attracts God to the impossible circumstances of your life. You show him a barren womb, show him a closed door, I'll show you a God who's getting ready to show up in somebody's broken dream, somebody's sickness. See, it's not about just surviving the drought and the fire. It's thriving in the midst of it. Thriving in the midst of going through it. But you must understand to pick that mantle up, you must understand that you're picking up a mantle that's been through the drought and through the fire, but also has experienced the abundant reign of God. You know, I, I, I don't think he's here this morning, but Fred, this last couple of weeks, have been wrestling. Fred had battled cancer, and, uh, and God has touched Fred. He's healed him twice of cancer. But his recent appointment at the doctor, he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, look, we find no trace of cancer in you at all. It's undetectable. Now let me tell you how this is. He said it's undetectable in you. But the doctor says, but I, I think I know it's there. It's undetectable, but it's there. We can't find it. We can't see it. We can't, we can't. All we know is that when we did surgery on you a month earlier, it was there. But now we've run tests and we can't even detect it in your body. He said, he said, uh, he said, but I, what I want you to do, even though we can't detect it, we want you to go through radiation. <laughs> and I love what, I love what Fred says. He said, Doc. He said, I'm just going to tell you that I'm just going to believe the report of the Lord that it's gone. You say, well, how can he do that? I'll tell you how he can do it. He picked up the mantle of God in his life, and through the fire, God showed up and answered his prayer. And you serve a God that has the ability that's just waiting for the impossibility in your life so God can show up and show you that he's in the midst of whatever you are going through this morning. He's a God that shows up. You can't see it, but hell sees it real clearly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's amazing. I, I, I'm amazed at what the healing that God has done in this house, the cancerous healings that God has done in this house. It's amazing to see what God is doing. And the truth is this morning, there's, when you pick the mantle up, you're picking up the drought, the fire, 
and the rain this morning. Secondly, it's a mantle of only God. It is a mantle that speaks that only God. You say, well, what are you talking about? The true God will answer by fire. Only God. You know there are things in your life There are things that are in your life and my life that only God can do. When you are carrying the mantle, not only does that mantle convey the testimony of God bringing you through the drought and through the fire, but it also conveys the testimony that God, there's things that in your life that God has done that only God can do it. No man can do it. No man can fix it. No man has an answer for it. There's only things that only God could have done in your life. Only God. Only God. Listen, only God could make something out of nothing. You hear what I'm saying? Only God can create something out of nothing. Read Don's book. He'll tell you about it. Only God can make something out of nothing. Only God can make something sweet out of something that was dead. Read Judges 14. Only God can make a way where there is no way. Isaiah 43. How many gods made a way for you that seemed to be no way? Only God can restore things that have been damaged, that have been destroyed. Only God can restore them as though they've never happened. Luke chapter 22, Peter got ahead of everybody, and last week, he cut off somebody's ear. And Jesus did what? He picked up Malchus's ear, and he put it back on him, and the Bible says that he put it back on better than what it was before it got chopped off. How many know only God can restore something that was damaged back better than it was before? I'm here to tell you, carrying the mantle of God this morning, there are things only God can do. Only God can make something out of nothing in your life. Only God can make something sweet out of something that is dead. Only God can make a way where there is no way. Only God can restore relationships, restore your peace, restore your your joy, your health. How many are thankful that we have a God that can restore your health this morning? He can restore back your integrity, your destiny, like it was never damaged, like it never happened. Only God. See, that's a double portion mantle. It's a mantle that calls us also to be courageous. Only God. It calls us to be courageous. Listen, let me just say this. I say it occasionally, but I feel like I have to say it every once in a while. Is the fact, can I just say this? Do you all know that Jesus is the only way to heaven? There's not 50 ways to heaven. How many know it's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we get to heaven? Now, every time I put something, I, I, don't, I don't post as much as I used to because I've gotten a little more mature. I, I'm, I'm hoping that I did. 
But every time I post something about Jesus being the only way or about trusting in Christ or confronting sin, I've got a family member that likes to always come after me. She's always posting, challenging me. She'll write me these little private messages. She's probably not watching this morning, so it doesn't matter. She's an aunt of mine. Her name's Melissa. And uh, she's always writing, you have this narrow view of the world. She's like, you're a bigot. You're intolerant. You are the reason why there's racism, there's injustice in the world, that there's wars in the world. Because you're intolerant. Sometimes carrying the mantle of God, you have to be, as believers, we have to be courageous and be willing to stand for what truth is and what truth stands for. It's not popular. You're not going to be liked. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you can't legislate your way into heaven. You can't, you can't, heaven cannot, you can't build a utopia and make it to heaven. I saw that in CHOP. They were trying to build a utopia. Free love. Free life. They're all smoking whatever they want to smoke and and having sex with whatever they want to have sex with. And they're, they're living their utopia world. And by the end of the week, they were fighting each other. And let me say this. Anarchy won't get you to heaven either. And I'm going to bust your bubble on this one. Good people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. You hear what I'm saying? I know a lot of good people. They say, well, he was a good man. Well, did he know Jesus? No, he never gave his life to Jesus. Doesn't matter how good he was. We all have to come under the lordship and the blood of Jesus Christ. But there's only, only God can do certain things. Only God. Only God can help us live out truth. Only God. We have to live out truth and live out the convictions of truth. With the mantle, there is an authority that God gives us. And that authority is the ability to call on God and call on God with authority that he will show up like he did for Elijah. He showed up like he did for Elijah when Elijah called fire down from heaven. You remember the story? I thought to myself as I thought about this, and I thought about Elijah and that encounter on Mount Carmel. And uh, here Elijah's there. He calls fire down on the altar. And Ahab has to go back to his wife Jezebel and tell her what had happened. He was already a weak wimp anyway. And he had to go back to Jezebel and share with her what had happened on Mount Carmel that day when fire came down and consumed the altar and burned up the prophets of Baal, or they had to turn on the prophets of Baal and killed all of their prophets. 
When we pick up the the mantle, we're not only carrying a mantle that's been through the, the drought and the fire and the rain, not only is it a mantle that only God, but it's a mantle of when heaven, what heaven starts, hell can't stop it. You hear what I'm saying? When we pick up our mantle of purpose, passion, and promise, and we wear that robe of righteousness, we have an authority. And I'm here to tell you this morning that what heaven starts in your life, hell cannot stop it. God will fulfill it and finish the work that is in you. And I'm calling you and challenging you this morning to pick up the mantle, to pick up the mantle of purpose and passion and promise in your life. And so in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 2, we have Ahab, he told Jezebel, the scripture says, he told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And this is interesting. I could see all week Ahab going in, going, now honey, we did what we could. There was this incident with, with Elijah. And we, and we had all of our prophets. They were cutting themselves. They were dancing. They were doing the running man. Huh? The Macarena. Right? <laughs> they were nay-naying. Y'all know it. Skanky-legging. They were doing all they could to get their gods to respond. <laughs> they were trying it all. They were trying to manipulate a God that doesn't exist. But then Elijah stood up wearing the mantle that God had put on him, the authority that God gave him. And he called fire down from heaven. He looked to the heavens and he called the fire down that consumed right there on the altar. He did what only God could do. Elijah couldn't couldn't do that. Only God could do that. And he called that fire down. And so Ahab is explaining to his wicked wife how Elijah had done it. And in verse 2, she goes into this thing where she says, so let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. What she said was, in 24 hours, Elijah is going to be dead. That's what she prophesied. She said, in 24 hours, Elijah is going to be done. Well, I'm here to tell you that what heaven starts, hell can't stop. Because did you know in 24 hours, Elijah was still alive? In 48 hours, Elijah was still alive. In 72 hours, Elijah was still alive. In a week, Elijah was still alive. In a month, Elijah was still alive. 10 years, Elijah was still alive. 100 years, Elijah was still alive. 1,000 years, Elijah was still alive. Why? Because we read in 2 Kings chapter 2 that God sent a chariot to pick Elijah up and carry him in a whirlwind up to heaven. In other words, Jezebel's prophecy 
by wearing the mantle and carrying the mantle, what heaven started in Elijah's life, hell couldn't stop it. And I'm here to tell you this morning, what heaven has started in your life, hell can't stop it. No matter what somebody has spoken over you or what negative prophecies have come over your life, I'm here to tell you this morning, heaven started something and heaven will finish it. But you just need to pick up the mantle of God and put it on and walk in the authority that God has given you as a believer this morning. Elijah was taken up in the whirlwind, we're told. Doesn't matter what hell says about you. It matters what heaven says about you. The mantle of God's purpose, passion, and promise. I have a mantle this morning, and so do you. And I don't care what Jezebel says, or what the devil says, or what my flesh says, or my circumstances say. What God has started, the devil can't stop this morning. And I'm here to tell you that we have to pick up the the mantle of this church. We have to pick up the mantle of this church and walk in the authority that God has given us and understand that there'll be seasons of drought, there'll be seasons of fire. But praise God, I know there's coming a day when the rain is going to fall upon us. I know we have to trust God to do things we can't do ourselves. that we look back and say, only God can do that. Only God can do that in that church. Only God can do, only God can do what he's doing there. And we have to understand that it doesn't matter what naysayers may think or say. What God has started, hell can't stop. Hell can't keep it from finishing Hell can't keep it from being what it should be. And if we pick up the mantle of God this morning and carry that mantle, I'm I'm telling you, listen, the sea couldn't stop Moses. The wall couldn't stop Joshua. The giant couldn't stop David. The lion couldn't stop Daniel. Jezebel couldn't stop Elijah. And death could not stop Jesus this morning. How many are thankful? What God has started, hell cannot stop this morning. And I'm here to tell you this morning. I've got a mantle and I'm not afraid to use it. My grandmother used to say, Shane, I got a fly swatter and I ain't afraid to use it. And she wasn't. I got more whippings with a fly swatter than all y'all. Pastor Adam, if you'll come, I just got a couple things to close with you for. First of all, it's a mantle. It's also a mantle of letting it go. See, the moment that mantle landed on Elisha, the moment that mantle landed on Elisha, He let go of the plow. When heaven falls on you, you've got to let go of the things down here. When God's purpose, passion, and promise falls on your life, 
We have to let go of the things that we're attached to in this world. He had to let go of the plow. He had to let go of what belonged to him. You can't embrace what God has for you until you first embrace what he's done for you. You must first embrace Jesus. You'll never get to what he has for you unless you first have embraced Jesus as your Savior. Until we become Christ. Until we become born again and washed in his precious blood. And I'm here to tell you the mantle is a call to let go. It's a call to let go of relationships, some. That's, that, and to develop relationships that speak into you, not talk about you. Relationships. It's a mantle that moves you from the comfortability of Christianity into the unknown. It's a place that it's a mantle where you let go of religious constructs and, and, and ideology that we put ourselves under and follow Jesus and fulfill the Great Commission. To carry the mantle means you got to let go. I love what Elijah, Elisha did. A little different than what Peter did. If you notice, when Peter denied Jesus, where did Jesus find him? Back doing what he was doing when Jesus called him. In other words, he didn't get rid of his boat. He kept his boat just in case the Jesus thing didn't work out. That's what people do. They keep their old friends, they keep their old habits, just in case the Jesus thing don't work out, I can go back and do what I was doing before. But to carry the mantle of God, you've got to let go of everything that drew your attention away from the purpose and the passion and the promises of God. What did he do? He burned that plow. He got rid of his oxen. He got rid of everything that gave him identity in the natural. Because he was going after God in the Spirit. And I think it's time we pick up the mantle of God and we go after our identity in the Spirit of God and we get it from heaven and not from man. He had to let go. Stand with me if you would this morning. I want to end with this. There was one last thing he had to do. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings 18 that as Elijah wore that mantle, he had to take that mantle and tuck it in. The Bible said that as Ahab went after his chariot, it said that Elijah girded up his mantle and tucked it in so that he could run. And the Bible says he ran and he ran and he outran the chariot. Did he not? He tucked it in. He tucked it in. Why? He had to gird up. What does that mean? It means to fasten. It means to secure. It means to prepare. In other words, 
That mantle was a mantle that he wore and he, he girded it up at times. When he ran the race, he girded it up. He secured it. Why did he do that? So that when he ran, he didn't trip. I'm telling you, we're living in an hour and Christians are tripping over their mantle. It's affecting the way they run their race. They're tripping over their mantle. But we need to wear the mantle of God. We need to wear the mantle so the next generation can follow us and pick up their mantle. The Bible said that when Elijah was taken up, Elisha had rent his mantle and garment. But it said that Elijah threw his mantle to the ground and Elijah picked it up and he carried on. And the first miracle he did was in the city of Jericho. Actually, the first miracle he did was he struck the Jordan and it divided. And he walked across. He walked across from the natural into the supernatural. And my challenge to you this morning is it's a call for you to pick up the mantle of God. It's a mantle. that we have to put on and wear with confidence. It's a mantle that there are things only God can do. It is a mantle that will take us through the drought. It's a mantle that will take us through fire. It will be the mantle we wear when God pours out rain on our life. Elisha went up to the city of Jericho and the men came out and said, the city is in trouble. Elisha looked and said, well, the city is pleasing to the eye. But the men said, but the water's bad. The water's bad, it can't be drunk. The crops are dying. The actual translation is, is that there was much miscarriage going on. The water was causing barrenness, not only in the land, but among the people. And Elisha said, bring me a new bowl. In other words, bring me a new vessel. You wear the mantle of God, we got to become new vessels. He said, bring me a new vessel and put salt in it. He said he went to the source of the water and began to pour the salt into the water. And the Bible said the waters were healed that day and are healed and still that way to this day, the scripture says. All because Elijah was willing to wear the mantle and throw salt where there was barrenness. What's salt do? 
creates thirst, preserves. But when ingested, it creates thirst. There's healing properties in salt. When you put it on a wound, Every city has an undertone. My question for you this morning, are you willing to pick up the mantle and put on your mantle? Jesus died so that we could wear it. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as your Savior. I want to encourage you to come to know Jesus as your Savior this morning. Don't die without Jesus. You hearing what I'm saying? This is not a flippant appeal. Don't die without Jesus. Thank you for joining us for River Valley Community Church's podcast. If you feel led to give, you can click on the donation link in the description or visit our website at rivervalleymadison.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.